0: وينذر. And the Qur'an is also here to warn Who? Allah Those people who say Ittakhadallahu Allah has taken a child Those who say that Allah has a child The Qur'an especially warns them Why? Because imagine they believe in Allah They worship Allah They believe in the angels They believe in the hereafter They believe in the prophets of Allah They believe in the books But they believe that Allah has a child. And this belief renders everything they're doing in vain. It invalidates everything else that they're doing. Everything good about them is crossed out. Why? Because of this lie that they say. Because of this falsehood that they abide by, that they adhere to. And what is this falsehood? That they say that Allah has a child. Allah has a walad. And walad can refer to male or female. And there are many people who say that Allah has a child. They believe in God, but they also believe that God has a child. Whether they call Him Jesus, or they call Him someone else, or for instance, the mushrikeen of Mecca, what would they say about the angels? That the angels are Allah's daughters. So the Qur'an is here to correct the beliefs of people. Because the Qur'an is? The Qur'an is? Qayyim. Remember, the Qur'an is qayyim. It sets right, it fixes. Fixes your beliefs, fixes your character, fixes your thinking, fixes your actions, fixes your habits. So if you want to fix yourself, study the Qur'an. Read it, reflect on it, implement it. The more you will implement the Qur'an, the better you will become. So, وَيُنذِرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ وَلَدًا And saying that Allah has a child, what is this essentially? Shirk. This is associating partners with Allah. Now, a person might wonder, how is associating partners with Allah? A child is not a partner. A child is not a partner. And they give a very good reasoning that, oh, if God has a child, then, you know, his only child he's sending to people, and his only child is dying for the sins of people, and that sounds so noble and so loving. Right? But what's the problem with this belief? How is it associating partners with Allah? I want the answers from you. Yes? Okay, very good. That believing in Allah means believing that He is God. And if He is God, that means He should be perfect and He should be unique. Above the creation. Better than the creation. Better than everyone else. And if a person were to say that God has a child, that means that God is not unique. There is someone else who is like him there's someone else who is like him because when a human being has a child he has a human child right and that human child resembles the parent there's resemblance there's sharing of characteristics so saying that god has a child means saying that god has a partner then he's not unique anymore okay this is one reason any other yes Okay, that if you say that God is deserving of worship and if God has a child, then that child should also be worshipped. So now there is no one God, there are two gods. And that's a problem, it's shirk. Okay. Okay, that having a child, what does that mean? That you need the child. You want the child. Hmm? It's a weakness. You know, it's for example a human weakness. And this weakness is not just found in Human beings but also in other creatures. This need to have children. It's a neediness to have children. And Allah is above that need. He's above that need. I remember I watched a documentary about chickens. Okay, And this one woman had this chicken, a very interesting kind of chicken, looked like a rabbit almost, because it was so fluffy and white. Okay, And this chicken basically didn't have any chicks for the longest time. And she felt, you know, by the way that this chicken would look at... or it was a man actually, not a woman who had this chicken. So anyway, he felt that by the way that chicken would look at other chicks, you know, she wanted chicks of her own. So anyway, with great difficulty, found a mate, and then the poor thing laid eggs. And then, you know, she was happy. She looked busy, she looked fine, she wouldn't end up in fights with others. She was fine. It's the need of a creation, of the creation to have children. And God is above this weakness. (laughs) Subhanallah. I mean, you see this in animals, how they fight with each other if their baby dies. You know, they'll fight with another to take over their eggs, to take over their chick, to take over their babies. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's above this need. So the Qur'an is here to warn people. And you see, out of all different types of people, who is mentioned? Those who say Allah has a child. The Qur'an especially warns them. Who's going to take this warning to them? Are they going to come and open the Qur'an themselves and read it? Who is supposed to take this Qur'an, this message to them? Those who have the Qur'an in their hands. Because it is so sad. They love Allah. And sometimes you see this in people. How with so much passion, with so much love, they're talking about God. How much, you know, they're sacrificing for God's word. They'll go for 18 months, you know, to a country like Mongolia even. Why? In service of the church. They'll go to Africa. They'll go to so many parts of the world in service of the church to take God's word to others. How much effort they're putting, how much money they're spending, how much time they're investing. Youths, it's young people, many young people who go out and who take this message God has a child, believe in him and you'll be fine. But the Quran says the exact opposite. They do not have about it any knowledge. Those who say that Allah has a child, are they saying this based on some fact? Based on some evidence? No. They have no knowledge about it. Where did they get this from? That Allah has a child. They got this from their forefathers. Allah says, وَلَا abaihim, And nor for their forefathers. Even they did not have any knowledge about this. So where did this idea come from? It was their own desires. It was their own thinking. Or it was their getting influenced by others wanting to become like others or wanting to make their religion you know more acceptable to others they changed their religion they added to the religion they came up with fascinating stories that appeal to the masses but they have no knowledge for this no evidence for this malahum bihi min ilmin wala لِأَبَائِهِمْ kaburat it is great from kaf it is very serious kalimatan a word as a statement it is very serious which statement That is coming out of their mouths. What statement are they saying with their mouths? That Allah has a child. Allah says this statement is very serious. إِنْ يَقُولُونَ إِلَّا كَذِبًا They are not saying except a lie. What they're uttering is pure falsehood. What they're saying is a lie. Because it doesn't have any reality to it. Who told them that Allah has a child? And saying that Allah has a child would definitely mean that He also has a partner. And then that child should also have a child. And that that child should also have a family. So you see how if you say that Allah has a child, you are instantly associating so many partners with Him. What's the evidence for this? Is it any facts? Not at all. It's only whims. But they don't realize how serious this statement is. كَبُرَتْ كَلِمَةً تَخْرُجُ مِنْ أفواههم إن يقولون إلا كذبا. And this should make us think. Many times we say things just because we have heard them. Or just because they sounded good, so we also said it. What are we saying? Do we even know? Is it a true statement? Or is it a false statement? Does it have any reality to it? Does it have any basis? كبرت, And you see this matter of the tongue is very serious. Because it's possible that a person says something without even thinking. And that one statement can become the cause of his eternal failure. Think about what you say. This statement, Allah has a child, you know how serious this statement is? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes so upset. And the skies and the earth, they become so fearful. When a person says that Allah is a child, that in Surah Maryam we learn, samawatu yatafaturna minhu." The heavens, the skies, they would burst. They would burst because of the seriousness of the statement. ardu And the earth would also break apart. jibalu hadda," And the mountains would crumble down. The mountains, imagine, they would fall down, they would crumble. Why? And Rahmani walada, Because they say that the Most Merciful has a child. Whereas he does not have a child. So it's a serious statement. The Prophet who received this book, he was given the responsibility first and foremost to convey this book, the message of this book to others. Did he convey? Yes, he did. How? How? فَلَعَلَّكَ Then perhaps you would kill yourself عَلَىٰ آثارهم, Over their traces. What are their traces? Illam That they are not believing بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ In this speech. Which speech? The Qur'an. Asafa Out of grief. Meaning you would kill yourself out of grief because of these people. In other words, the Prophet ﷺ is being told, take it easy. Because if you don't take it easy, then فَلَعَلَّكَ نَفْسَكَ لَعَلَّكَ Perhaps you, باخع, One who would kill نَفْسَكَ yourself. You would end up killing yourself. You would die if you don't take this a little easy on yourself. Because the Prophet ﷺ would take it very, very hard upon himself that Illam Yu'minu that people are not believing Bihad al Hadith in this speech. He would feel extreme sadness, asaf. He would be extremely sad over their disbelief. Because he knew if people don't believe, what are the consequences? What are they? ba'san shadidan, Severe punishment. What does this tell us about the Prophet? ﷺ? Was he not the best servant? Did he not fulfill his duty in the best way? Did he not try his best? So much so that Allah is telling him, take it easy. Imagine. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want from us? Ihsan. What does He want from us? Jihad. Strive utmost. Do your best. Do what you do at the level of excellence. And what is the Prophet being told? Take it easy. You are doing too much. فَلَعَلَّكَ What does it show? That the Prophet ﷺ really, he was the best of the best. The way he fulfilled his duty. Now this word باخعن, very interesting. It's from the root بَخَعَ بَخَعَيْن بَخَعَ Dhabiha. What is ذَبِيحَة? Slaughter. The animal that is being slaughtered. بَخَعَ dhabiha is that when a person slaughters the animal, with extraordinary effectiveness, with a lot of energy. So much so that he reaches the back of the neck. Now imagine, how big is the neck of the animal? Okay? Now a person is, you know, generally when the neck is being cut, you just cut it a little bit, just give a big slit, and, you know, cut the main, uh, you know, stuff, and the animal will bleed and die. Alright? But the biha is to slaughter, to cut all the way through to the back of the neck, to reach the bihar. And what is bihar? The bone of the neck. So you understand. Have you ever tried to cut raw meat? Huh? Or you don't touch it? Why am I giving you this example? Of course girls don't touch raw meat. But, have you ever seen your mom doing it? Cutting raw meat? Or maybe you've seen a video? Right? Of an animal or something being slaughtered or something really hard that is being cut. Now, what does that require? A lot of effort. Bakhar dabiha, meaning he did it, you know, with extraordinary effectiveness. He did it with so much energy that in an instant he reached from one side to the other. From top to the bottom. He reached the bihar. He reached the neck. This is what bakhar is. And it denotes the doing of anything to a great extent in a great degree, with much or extraordinary effectiveness. To do something in the best way, with a lot of effectiveness, very, very effectively, you know, properly. بَخَعْ Nafsahu. بَخَعْ Nafsahu. What does it mean? That he killed himself with grief. He's at the verge of choking himself to death. Why? Out of extreme grief. Because he's taking the matter very, very seriously. He took it to heart. You know, many things, when you're dealing with them, you don't need to take them to heart. Because if you let them reach your heart and settle there, then they're going to disturb you. They're going to disturb you. So, for example, you're talking to someone, and they say something that's really, really inappropriate. Alright? They don't know about your situation and they pass a comment which is extremely disrespectful, very inappropriate. Now, if you take that to heart, if you let it come through, you know, like a person slaughtering an animal and reach the back of the neck, so if you let it reach your heart, those thoughts, those feelings, or that conversation, is it going to disturb you? It's going to kill you. It's going to kill your heart. It's going to make you feel horrible. You're going to sit with that grief. So, Bakha'a nafsahu is when a person kills himself with grief or with anger, with being upset, meaning he really took that matter to heart. Likewise, it is said, Bakha'tu laka nafsi. Bakha'tu laka nafsi. Many parents say this to their children I've killed myself over you. I've done the best that I could. I've exerted myself for you. I've done my best. You know, look at my hands. Look at my back. Look at my bank. You know, everything I've given you. Did you want to say something? I was just thinking how much of a well-wisher the Prophet ﷺ was. You know, regardless of everything that the people did, or regardless of who it was, all the way up to like the last people that will be here, he was a well-wisher for them. Exactly. So, فَلَعَلَّكَ باخع Perhaps you would kill yourself. You would harm yourself. You're taking this matter too personally, too seriously. You're doing too much. You are taking this matter very seriously. You're eager beyond measure for these people. You're eager beyond measure for these people. And how are we? Disinterested beyond measure. You know, someone's dying, someone's thirsty, someone's hungry. What do I care? Let them be. My life. Why do I care about others? And the Prophet ﷺ was overly concerned about people. About their dunya as well as their akhirah. So much so that Allah is telling him, take it easy. You are at the verge of dying from asaf. What is asaf? Worry, grief. What kind of grief? What kind of grief? That causes you to be restless. That disturbs you. You know the word asaf is used in several ways. Sometimes it gives a meaning of grief. Sometimes it gives the meaning of being impatient, showing restlessness. Sometimes it shows the meaning of anger and sometimes regret. Because when a person is very concerned, this is exactly what he goes through. Grief, worry, restlessness, sometimes anger, being upset, and then being regretful. So the Prophet ﷺ is told, take it easy. The Prophet ﷺ did not grieve because the people rejected him. He did not grieve because they mocked at him. He wasn't sad and upset because the people called him names. He wasn't upset because of himself, over himself. He wasn't worried for himself. He was worried for who? For people. That if they don't believe, they're going to suffer. If they don't accept this Qur'an, their lives are going to be in danger. This reminds me of uh, Yaqub a.s. when he said Ya asafa yes. when uh, Yusuf a.s. and uh, Binyamin were like lost and his older son. So he said Ya yeah, asafa ala Yusuf extreme sadness. Hmm? And that's also with anger because he was also angry at the rest of the sons that what have you been doing all these years? You're bringing problem after problem. And then regret also why did I let Yusuf go? Why did I let Binyamin go? So you see all of these feelings are Together. And the Prophet was experiencing this not because he felt that his reputation was getting damaged or because he was losing friends or because people were not going to like him anymore. No, he was worried for the people. If they don't believe, they're going to get بَأْسَنْ شَدِيدًا What's the reason? Why do people not believe? What are they so lost in? In the dunya. Allah says, "Inna ja'alna, indeed we have made al-ardi, whatever that is on the earth. What's on the earth? Let's count the things because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is telling us. At least let's list the categories. Hmm? What? What's on the earth? People. Then, the things that they've made. Okay. What else? Okay. Material wealth. Animals. Birds. Plants, vegetation, deserts, forests, rivers, lakes, glaciers, hmm? meadows, hills. I mean, there's so much beauty. Allah says that, Inna جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ includes everything. Every little and big thing. Whatever is on the earth, we have made it زِينَةً لَهَا. A zina for it. For what? For the earth. Whatever is on the earth is an adornment for the earth. Meaning it's just something that's decorating the earth. It's making the earth look nice. It's making this world look wonderful. You know for example, your house, empty walls, empty floor, when you first walk in, it's all empty. What do you do? You decorate it. How? By placing something on the ceiling, by placing something on the wall, by putting something on the floor. Isn't it? So likewise, this earth is decorated. How? There's something on in the sky, clouds, birds. There's something that we see, you know, in mid-air, birds, and then we see things tall, like mountains and trees, and there's stuff on the ground, and then there's stuff beneath the ground. Zina. All of this is just something that's decorating the earth. Now tell me something. When you put some decoration on your wall, is it part of the house? Is it part of the house? No, come on. It's temporary. It's temporary. Every zina is temporary. It's not there forever. Which is the reason why you put some artwork and then you replace it. You move into a house and then when you're moving out, what do you do? You take everything with you. Even, you know, it's amazing how sometimes people will also take the light fixtures. Right? Why? Because they say, I installed it, I bought it, I put it myself. So you go in the living room and you're like, oh, there's no light here. Because the previous owners, they took everything with them. Because it was a zina. They don't take the walls with them. Right? Why? Because that's staying. Hmm? So this earth is here. However, whatever is on it is here temporarily, just a decoration. Why? لِنَبْلُوَهُمْ So that we may test them. We may test people. Through what? Through the zina. People are being tested through the zina. That how much lost do they become in the zina? And how much do they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? لِنَبْلُوَهُمْ ayyuhum. Which of them? Complete the ayah. Ahsanu is best, amala in action, in deeds. Allah is testing us that living in this adornment that covers us, that's around us, that's beneath us, that's on us, which person does ahsan amal? Which person is best when it comes to his actions? You see, the things of this world, they're a part of our lives, right? Children. Family, even they are a Al-malu wal-banun, zinatul hayat dunya Wealth and children are just an adornment, a decoration of this life. Right? Likewise, we use means of transportation. We learned earlier in Surah Al-Nahl, wal wal li wa These animals, what are they? Azina, an adornment. It's part of our life. And Allah is checking the quality of our actions. Then what's the quality of our actions when we are living in the midst of the zina, when the zina is a big part of our lives. We think we can only do good if we leave everything. No, that's unnatural. That's not according to fitrah. That's not what we are meant to do. We think zuhud is what? Zuhud, basically refraining from the dunya and not detaching yourself from the dunya. We think zuhud is that there should be nothing in your hand, no dunya in your hand. That is not true zuhud. True zuhud is that there is no dunya in your heart, while there is dunya in your hand. Because the one who hasn't experienced dunya in his hand, what does he know about leaving it? You understand? A person who hasn't experienced you know, enjoyment, he hasn't experienced interaction, he hasn't experienced different pleasures of this dunya, what does he know about abstaining from them so true piety is in not letting this world enter your heart because if you let it enter your heart you're going to fail in this test then your actions cannot be of the best quality and allah is observing the quality of our deeds أَحْسَنُ amala an action for example salah what is the quality of that salah is it ahsan is it hasan? Is it su? Is it excellent? Is it good? Is it bad? What's the quality? That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is checking. He's not checking how much we're accumulating because He already created all of this. He's the one who gave the stuff to us. It doesn't matter how much money we make, how many things we have, and how many ice caps we can drink. That doesn't matter. What matters is what we do. It doesn't matter how much stuff we can buy on Black Friday, how much stuff we can buy in Christmas season, how many sales we can take benefit from. No, that doesn't matter. Because what is meant for you will reach you. Because it's written for you. What matters is amal, actions. So for example, salah is an action. But what happens to its quality? Why does it become bad? Why does it go from good to bad? Why does the quality deteriorate? What's the reason? It's the zina. It's this adornment. So living in this zina, Allah is checking which person is good in his deeds. Wa inna and indeed we, la iluna, surely wants to make, meaning we are going to make ma'layha, whatever is on it, meaning whatever is on the surface of the earth, we're going to turn it into saridan, into ground that is juruz that is barren سعيد, we learned this word earlier also when doing tayammum take from sa'eedan tayyiban put your hand pat your hand on sa'eedan tayyiban sa'eed is basically the top layer of the soil of the ground meaning what you see with your eyes so this entire zina is going to be turned into a ground which is juruz juruz is barren empty that is bereft of any vegetation that is incapable of producing anything. Nothing grows on it. This earth is going to turn into a plain ground, which will lose its potential to grow anything. Flat, white like bread. So after having adorned this dunya, Allah will destroy it and make everything on it bare and dry. In Surah Taha, I 105, we learn aluna ka 'anil jibal. They ask you about mountains. Fakulian sifuha Rabbi nasfa. Say, my Lord will blow them away with a blast. qa'an safsafa, and He will leave the earth a level plain. La tara fiha and He will not see therein any depression or any elevation. Flat, smooth. This is the reality of this earth. The things that we accumulate, the things that we adorn ourselves with, what's going to become of them? They're going to be flattened. The things that we take care of so much, we look at them and we dust them and we clean them and we put them back. And we take them out very carefully. And if a child dare touch it, God save that child. Hmm? Think about it. If a glass breaks, if a dish breaks, was it meant to break? What does this ayah tell us? It was meant to break. If the child didn't break it, you know what? Sooner or later it's going to break. But you know what matters? What you did at that time. What you said, how you reacted, what you did to that child. That matters. Allah does not look at how much we preserve the worldly things that we are given how long we can keep them and how good we can maintain them. it doesn't matter. what matters is our words, our behavior, our actions. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat
1: Billah الحمد لله الذي انزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا قيما لينذر باسا شديدا من لدنه ويبشر المؤمنين ويبشر المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم ones حَسَنَا are the ones أبدا are the ones who are the ones كَبُرَتْ كَلِمَةً تَخْرُجُ مِنْ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ إِنْ يَقُولُونَ إِلَّا كَذِبًا فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ نَّفْسَكَ عَلَى آثَارِهِمْ إن لم يؤمنوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ Inna جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ زِينَةً لَهَا ala 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 ala
0: ala 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 once said, "This world is sweet and green." What does it mean? It's attractive. It's delicious. It's fun. That's what this world is. Very tempting. Very attractive. And Allah makes you generations succeeding one another. One generation comes, enjoys this dunya, and then goes, and another takes its place. Allah makes you generations succeeding one another. And He is watching what you will do. Your time here, It's temporary. The things here, you will leave them. They will break in your life or they will break after your life. However, what is Allah watching? What you will do. What you will accomplish. Not the things you will accumulate, but the actions that you do. The legacy that you live. The good things that you begin. The examples that you set. That is what matters. There's a quote in which first person said that in the life of this world, everyone is a guest. What does that mean? A guest by definition means you're here for some time. You came from somewhere, you're here for some time and then you're on your way to your destination. In the life of this world, everyone is a guest and his wealth is alone. It's alone. Whatever stuff you have, No matter how expensive it is, zina, no matter how good it is, it's a loan. The guest will depart and the loan will be returned. Like when you go to a guest house, when you go to a hotel, whatever is there for you is a loan. You can't take those hangers with you to your house. Can you? Can you take the bed with you? Can you take the sheets with you? Can you take the pillows with you? Even if you like them? No, it's a loan. You can use it temporarily. And then you have to leave and the loan will be returned to the owner. It reminds me of all the righteous companions or those, especially like Ibn Tayyim, Ibn Kathir, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhum. They're dead for the amount of work that they have left behind. And just like you said, there we're going to be generation after generation. So our uh, only limit time, what we only have is what footsteps are we going to leave behind. And now that I see my own daughter like just yesterday I remember giving birth to her and today like she's almost three years old and only then I realize how time flies time will never wait for you exactly we watch children grow up and we are amazed at how quickly time has passed but we don't realize that yes they've grown up and we have also aged yes Even during our own lifetimes, we see examples of things being taken away
1: from us. Either we lose something that we hold really close to ourselves or something gets broken or destroyed. And every time a natural disaster hits, it's sort of an example for not only the people there
0: and for everyone around that, you know what, all of this is going to end for you someday. Someday this will actually happen and you will have to leave it all behind. You can't restart. It will be finished. Very true. And especially in autumn, fall season, what do you see? I mean... You want to stop the leaves from falling, right? You don't want them to die. You don't want that beauty to go away, but can you stop it? No, you cannot. Time will continue to move on. It's not going to wait for you. So do something before your time is up. And you know, when trees after the whole season, I mean in fall as your leaves are falling, there's so much beauty in that also. And this year, this is something that I kept wishing for every time I saw those beautiful trees that, you know, you're going to live this life and you're going to end. We are going to go through this life and we're going to die. And we hope that inshallah, our life is good and our death is also good. That is also beautiful. Just as these trees are also dying in a beautiful way. Because that's what matters. I was thinking that There's a quote that the best gift you can give to someone is time. Because that's one thing that's never going to come back from them. So the time that we're actually giving to Allah, that's going to be one of the assets that we're going to have in the Akhirah. Exactly. And especially this Ahsan Amal, this is something that we need to focus on. Because many times we're doing good, but we don't care about the quality. We don't care about the quality of our actions. You know, for example, we'll just pray Salah for the sake of praying it. We'll just read Quran for the sake of reading it. We'll just listen to our parents for the sake of listening to them. But what's the quality? You know, one is that, okay, I did it. And the other is that I did it well also. Both things matter. Doing it and doing it well. Go ahead. We relate this to the beginning of the, the surah where Allah subhanahu ta'ala is telling us that He deserves praise because He has given us the Qur'an. If we think about it, we can make our lives meaningful by following the Qur'an, by living through what it has commanded us to do, and by also following the example of Rasulullah ﷺ, <laughs> who was mentioned in the previous verse. Exactly. So if we take both of these into account, our lives become meaningful. <laughs> okay. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaagfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.